Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting. Oh! Let him play. You bet one one bone to win nineteen. I'm just, where? What site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? They let you do fifty cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman! <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the holidays. Good to have you here. Welcome back. It's nice to see you, and it's a pleasure to have you here from the Dave in the City Studios, the home of champions, Southern California champions, which, at least as far as the Pac-12 is concerned, once included this team right here. If you're watching on YouTube, USC, and perhaps those days could be back for us in the years to come with Lincoln Riley now coach of the team. I mean, listen, I I can probably I'm probably overstating that, and I'm probably jumping the gun, but the the brush, breath of fresh air is palpable. But beyond that, we've got a lot going on in college football. This weekend marks the beginning of bowl season, and um and we we're into, we're getting getting ready to blaze some bowls, folks. Should be a really fun show tonight. We'll preview all those bowls in a, in uh, the second half of our show, and and uh, we'll talk about what's going on there. It's good to have you here. As we mentioned, it's Christmas time in the city. We do it every year. It's our it's our year closer, but this but the contest is not over yet. Usually, this is our last show of the contest of the contest series. It is not. When we come back in January, we'll have a week eighteen show. So we're back for that too. So all in all, it's going to be a really good time. Not much to talk about as far as football in really in a lot of ways. It was a rough weekend. A lot of blowouts. Every freaking favorite seemed like they covered it until finally the Rams covered their game and won outright against uh, against Arizona in college. The only game to speak of was Army-Navy. It was a classic. It was a great game. Got to give it to them. And uh, I felt good about the possibility of it being close. It was really interesting how that worked out. But I will say, I really blew it when it came to picking the winner. I thought Army was going to win that game, and they actually lost outright. So give it to Navy. It was What an upset. So with all that on the table, we're ready to give you our latest from the world of football. And we, the contest continues. Let's, yeah, and the contest continues. Let's hit it. <laughs> all right. Football picks week 16. I'm ready to do this. Let's do, let's go. So we've been off for a week. And we're back, and and what ha- and uh, if we go back to week 15, it was a good week for Ron in New Jersey, and I know he needed it. He's been having a rough year, so I'm happy for him. Ron went three and one in picks last last week, and everybody else went two and two. John, Andy, and I all went two and two for the week, which is not bad. At this point of the year, you don't want to lose ground, so that's probably a good spot to be. Tom's guest picks went three and one which is good because the guest pickers were having a tough year too. And Tom's picks weren't that great uh, up until this weekend, so I'm really glad that it went well. I think one key reason for that is because the week was entirely NFL picks, so I think Tom has done a done a good job with that scenario. And it gives us these standings after 15 weeks. It is John still at the top at 33-25. and 25. Andy is in second place at 29-29. and 29. I, Dave, am in third place at 27-30-1. and one. It sure doesn't feel like that. I, I feel like I've had a bad year. But uh, nevertheless, that's the record. Oh, and Ron, I didn't update that. What the heck? 
Braun is 26, 20 th something, 26, 29, something else. Uh, I, I, I swear to God I updated that. Oh, anyway, uh, Ron's in last place. And the guest picks are 23, 33, and 2. So that's where we are at football picks so far tonight. And uh, we're ready to talk some football with you guys. So it's going to be mostly NFL talk. Mostly COVID talk, too. Yikes. But uh, away we go. Let's start it up, man. Um, and we'll bring in our, our friends and get this show on the road. I do. I am really excited about the Bulls this year. And it looks like we've got some good matchups this time, too. Which is, like, definitely... I don't remember last year being very good at all with a Bulls season. But I think we'll have an improvement upon whatever that was. Last year, the playoff looks very, very fresh. I'm and We have fresh blood, too. So, all in all, I mean, I'm just kind of spitting, jumping... I'm spitting... I'm... I'm chomping at the bit to get to the college section of the show because the NFL section was really, really unimpressive, to be completely honest with you. There were a lot of bad matchups, and they played out as we expected. So uh, let's start and introduce our friends. And, John, I'm going to go to you first. Welcome back to the show. How's it going tonight, my friend? What's going on, Dave? Yeah, good to be back. Um, had a week off there, but uh, hung in there with our NFL picks last week, two and two, even though we had some – Horrible beats, which I'm sure we'll get to oh, yeah. in a little bit. But man, some of those games are rough. But um, yeah, good to be back on and got a full bowl schedule this year. Last year was just obviously because of the whole COVID situation and just teams just were just done for the season. They didn't want to play anymore. But um, bowl handicapping is very interesting this year because of all the coaching changes and uh, transfer portal and um, everything else. It's just like it's it's pretty crazy even, even more so than usual i would say um so excited to, to get into some of the games and um you know friday afternoon at noon we'll, we were there for bowls, that's for sure yeah we will definitely be there for the bahamas bowl and andy hello how's it going um i see you are um what's new with you my friend oh <clears throat> uh you guys kind of just already laid the groundwork ready to ready to blaze some bowls um Dave, you mentioned last year the, the bowl schedule. I mean, it was kind of convoluted. Everything mm -hmm. was just kind of like thrown together. I don't even remember if there were fans in some of these stadiums. Um, but if I did, if there's one complaint about the Friday games is I I wish one of those games was on like at night. I mean, that, that Bahamas Bowl is a 9 a.m. start for us. And uh, and Tommy says it's the bowl that no one would watch. If he had, if he actually paid attention, like the craziest bowl games in recent memory is that Bahamas Bowl between uh, Western Kentucky and I think it was um, Central Michigan. John probably remembers that better than me. But that, like the Bahamas Bowl, will always be special because of that crazy, crazy game. John, was it Western Kentucky and Central Michigan? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, that yeah. was just so bizarre. I think it was like what forty-nine to fourteen in the fourth quarter, and they came back to they, uh, Western Kentucky scored on just a crazy Hail Mary lateral play and then they go for two and they didn't get <laughs> two so if you bet with the spread you lost it was like a you lost but you won situation like you didn't feel good about any anything that happened so that was that was a rough one and then I think there was a, a crazy total a couple of years ago that they these people talk about like it was just busted out of like a, an over hit out of nowhere like there's all sorts of crazy touchdowns i have to look into that one more i think it was florida international and toledo um yeah, but yeah the bahamas craziness always, in the bahamas yeah, yeah exactly so tommy is just lost as usual 
Very lost. Like there should be a thirty for thirty special on that bowl. <laughs> it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the first time either, as far as Tommy's concerned. But but all good. Good to see you guys again. I'm pretty juiced up. Uh, no re- representation for my team in the bowl, which is a relief because they've been terrible at bowls. I could go back to when they played Ohio State in I think the Cotton Bowl. It was like that was about five years ago. They were garbage in that game. That was an embarrassment. And then they lost to Wisconsin in a recent bowl. And they lost to Iowa. That was the last bowl I remember. I was in the building, remember? That was the holiday bowl. Last one at Qualcomm. And Iowa in that second half just destroyed USC. So I mean Dave, you don't want to play in the Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl this Saturday? That's not you don't don't, don't knock the Jimmy Kimmel yeah. bowl. It might it looks like a decent enough matchup though. I, yeah. I, I, it actually does look like a decent matchup. No, I, I shouldn't. Yeah. There was a couple ones on the schedule that look rough, but hey, mm-hmm. you know what? After last year, I am all here for 44 bowl games. Just bring it out. Uh, yeah, about let's... that Jimmy Kimmel bowl, I know we're kind of we're we're going out of sequence. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's okay. Show, no problem. Utah State, Oregon State, like that's a type of bowl game where like that's a type of matchup you would see like week two in in September. So it's like. I guarantee Oregon State and Utah State will play within like the next five years. It's just kind of funny how it matches up. But as you, as it's been discussed on this program, that Oregon State, Utah State have like, like coach history. That Anderson guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We will see indeed. So. Well, let's pivot back to the NFL. I can see we're really enthusiastic about these bulls, so uh, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But first, let's just quickly shuffle through the NFL slate. And, John, great job out of your Packers just taking care of business. And, you know, I'm the kind of fool that thinks that. No, I don't think I bet on Chicago. No, I don't think I bet them. No, I didn't. But, man, I tell you what. There was just blowout after blowout after blowout. I was in the building for the uh, Charger game against the Giants. I went there with Floyd. Floyd Merriweather, a.k.a. our friend Kevin. Man, what a disaster that game was. I mean, why? I, I don't know why I keep betting on that stupid team. I really do. And I, eh. and especially with Mike Lennon, what was I thinking? But, but uh, John, let me go to you for the recap. Again, there's really little to talk about here. And you mentioned the bad beat. I think I was on it, too. Let me tell you something, John. Let me tell you something. That was the difference between me winning the division in your Pick'em League and losing the division in your pick and league, if it's the one that you're thinking of. If, if it's the Bills, that was literally the difference. It was like, if it went to overtime, if 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 either the Bills won or if Tampa Bay had won by a field goal, all of that changes because I had the tiebreaker with the over in the uh, Monday night game. It was a bad beat for sure in that way. I'm not sure if that's what you're thinking of, but, John, I'll go give it to you for last week's action. Oh, man, there's so, there's three bad beats on I that – got me uh just first off the browns what a disgrace <laughs> 24 to 3 yeah i think it was at halftime right or, or near the end of the half and they literally can't score a point in the second half the when the when the dude clanked the field goal off the post in the third quarter it was like oh my god this is really we're gonna get screwed here in this game and sure enough of course jackson goes out and tyler huntley comes in and you know, it was like an ode to Carson Wentz because he was just chucking it up down the field on fourth down and somehow completed all of these passes. Um, and they somehow they got the they got two touchdowns, and of course they didn't get the two point conversion to make the game exactly end on two and a half, and that's and that's what the spread was. 
Um, the, the Browns never should have blown that cover. Um, you know, and obviously they have their own issues now. Like the whole team is on the COVID list. So, you know, it's, it, it stresses the importance of like betting early lines in the NFL because mm-hmm. we could have gotten the Raiders plus six on Monday. And now I think they're minus one. So, I mean, that that's long gone. Um, but in any event, that was just a horrific uh, bad beat. Um, the second one, I mean, I guess I'll call it a bad beat for the Bengals, but technically they were down 20 to six and with like, what, seven minutes left. But still, as someone who bet them, you get into overtime, you get the ball first, you're, they move down the field, you're thinking, all right, we're going to end it right here. Even when they get the field goal, you're still, you're feeling like you're in good shape. You're like, all right, I think the worst they will do here is like, you know, they can either stop San Francisco or they'll hold them to a field goal. And of course, like, it's just like 10 yards at a time. It's like, it was just torture watching that and seeing the Niners go down the field and then eventually get the touchdown for the win. And then Dave, you mentioned the, oh, the bills and the box. Just if you had Buffalo plus three and a half, I, I think, I don't think Andy did, but I think me and you, Dave, we had them for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think the game is pretty much over at 24 to three. So then again, the bills, they just keep chipping away and they come, you know, you know, they get a touchdown and they get a couple stops and they get another touchdown and they get another stop. And then they, they get the touchdown to, to tie the game. And then they get the ball. Um, I'm sorry. They get the ball at the end of the game into the red zone and they can only kick the field goal. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is really going to go into overtime. And, you know, just the way things have gone for some of these games, you almost expected at that point. And, you know, the blown coverage, he finds Perriman and they go all the way for the touchdown and, and the Bucks three minus three and a half comes through. And that was just, that was just really on top of already happening with the, with the uh, Browns. And then to have that game happen, that was pretty rough. And, you know, just to hit on some of the other games uh, you were, Dave, you were at the game for the chargers and the giants, the, the giants almost had a miraculous backdoor cover. They got the onside kick at the end of the game. I was like, oh, my God, they're really going to let Glennon score three touchdowns in the last three minutes to get the cover. I I, I would I had the Chargers. I would have completely lost it if if he had gotten that. So that was th- – thank goodness they we, they hung on to, to the cover. But And that was that was a complete blowout. And that, that was the definition of garbage time. I mean, the Giants yeah. can't score more than seven points in, in a game. They're, they're, they're just awful. But, hey, you know what? Kim Jones is seeing great things from, from Joe Judge, I'm sure. <laughs> you know <laughs> – can I interject for a second? Because I got, yeah, sure. you know, Kev Floyd showed me a tweet from our friend Parcells following out, and he said that the Chargers have one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and yet they, like, ran the ball, like, like six times in the first half. Why are they not running the ball more? What the hell is that? I don't know. Yeah. The next thing is I was kind of hoping that Glennon wouldn't play so we get to see Jake Fromm play for the Giants. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, remember him from Georgia? But I do. Um, yeah, so some of the other action uh, of the day. Um, yeah, if the Packers didn't have to play special teams, they would have won that game 45 to 10. I mean, every single special teams mistake you could think of, they made. I mean, they muffed a couple punts. They gave up a kick, a punt return touchdown. They kicked the ball off out of bounds. They allowed an onside kick that almost allowed backdoor cover. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong on special teams, except for Crosby missing a field goal. He actually made all of his kicks. So that was, I guess, a positive. But, man, they got to straighten that out or else they're going to get beat in the playoffs because of special teams because um, it's just really, really 
holding them back in terms of being a complete team at the moment. Rodgers is amazing, obviously. Uh, the the uh, Packers general manager deserves some sort of award for, for picking Rasul Douglas off the waiver wire. Like, the dude gets a pick six every week. It's just unbelievable how he is turning into this ball hawk player. He's a perfect addition to the secondary. Um, but, yeah, uh, other than special teams, that was not much of a game. Uh, you know, and then Monday night, the Rams – Kingsbury continues to be a fraud as a home favorite. So we all, we all know that. And, um, you know, just from the start of the game, they looked just off. Murray was, was under pressure and they couldn't really get anything going. And, and the Rams really were running the ball well. And that really sets up their kind of play action game and uh, finding Cup and Beckham and Jefferson. It was just a very impressive performance from the Rams. Um, you know, Arizona is going to get back on track here against Detroit. But uh, they have some couple. They have a couple tough games coming up after that. So I think the one seed in the NFC is clearly going to be either Green Bay or Tampa Bay. And you know, barring major injury, I think you're going to see a rematch in the championship game uh, on in late January. So um, you know, obviously a long way to go. But that's kind of where things are trending. Um, I guess in the early games, there really isn't other much to say there was just huge blowouts everywhere i mean washington almost made that miraculous comeback which would have been nice if their stupid kicker had made that extra point we could have gotten a push on the plus six at the end of the game that was just just another kind of bad beat um which was was awful but they really didn't deserve that cover i mean they, they just played horrific from the start of the game and the only you know chance they had because of it was Dax just awful interception um and the other games were just boring. I mean, Urban Meyer could not look any less interested in being on an NFL sideline. Just, I mean, they're just not even competitive at this point. And it's kind of funny. Like, you know, we, we kind of all called it too. So, um, yeah, that's kind of kind of the, the bland recap of the week. Like you said, Dave, there was really no drama until no. those two games late in the day with the Bucks and then and then the Bengals. Yeah, very much so, man. If uh, man, even you mentioned Washington, I had it at plus five and a half, and or even plus five. I forget where it was in the pool, but could have used that too. It's just uh, unfortunate, but but we're in the mix. We're in the playoffs. Um, I hope you guys are in the playoffs too. I haven't never really been tracking it, but uh, hope you guys are in the playoffs at least. We're both in. Nice. So, okay. But Andy has the vibe. But me and you are playing this week, Dave. Okay. So. Cool. Being yeah, yeah, we definitely are. Um, and we'll see. I, I mean, listen, if I can get any scratch in this, I'd be pretty happy. I mean, it's been a pretty good year overall. Just some bad beats there. And you know, one little thing here, one little thing there. I'll tell you what, favorites were, with the Ram cover, I think favorites were 11-3, and three, which is outrageous. And that's kind of thing that I might want to warn everybody watching the show about because that usually after that, Vegas will make an adjustment and it is gonna be, it's going to be crazy, I think, this coming weekend. So we'll see. Um, oh, shout out to Kevin. Kevin on the Capes is watching us tonight. Hello, Kevin. It's good to see you again. He likes my shirt, so good stuff. Um, let's go over to Andy. Let's get your recap of last week's action, too. Yeah, um, I feel like Mike unprepared without my monitor here. And Anyway, uh, I guess it's more of like a gambling rehash like you guys alluded to. Uh I mean, we could start that Thursday night game with Roethlisberger. Um, dude looked like old man in the sea in the first half. And in the second half, they they made kind of a nice little comeback. 
aided by some questionable uh, Mike Zimmer decisions when they should have just been running the ball and, you know, Cousins threw an interception. And, I mean, it was done. Even they made a little bit of a window dressing comeback, and then they they punted. Tomlin punted, I think, with like seven minutes left, and then they still almost teased. And, Dave, I think our bet, is in deep trouble. Yeah, over that's eight a, and a half. They they really yeah. needed that game uh, on Thursday. Uh, um, but who knows? Because that AFC North, you know, is really kind of like in the tallest midget scenario right now. We yeah. don't know. I mean, I didn't do it. What's Lamar's like long term injury? I, I'm not sure. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, with the gambling. Um, with let's hit on Tampa Buffalo first. I I had Tampa minus three and a half. I also had Tampa money line um, as like basically the fifth leg of a five team parlay. The other teams were the Seahawks money line, uh, Tennessee minus eight and a half because I've I'm like Jacksonville is just a dead team walking, especially last week after all that like all the reports of Urban being a clown. So I was like, I'll take Tennessee minus eight and a half. I took the Browns money line, so that saved me there, though I had the minus two and a half, and John documented that very well. Like, that was a bad beat, but they still won, so that was good. I had Saints money line, so I think that those are the five teams. And, yeah, when Nance and Romo are basically telling jokes when it was, I think it was like 27 to 10, might have even been 27 to three at one point or 27, six, I'm not sure, but it was a three touchdown lead late in the second half, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter game was basically over. And as John mentioned, you know, Buffalo made this crazy comeback. They actually got screwed. There was pass interference in the end zone that should have given Buffalo basically first, first and goal from like the two yard line with about like 20 seconds left and they didn't call it. And uh, even, you know, Nance says to Rome, was like, you think they should have called pass interference there? And Rome was like, ah, probably, Jim. But that was just a crazy game. You know, throw Nance and Romo haven't had a lot of good games this year. So that was good for them to have a, a good one. And, they, you know, it was like they were trying to – well, they weren't trying to jinx Brady, but they're like, Brady, 32-3 and three against Buffalo at all time. I'm like, all I need is Tampa to win outright. And I get this nice money line parlay and it hit, but uh, lucky, very lucky. Um, and as you guys mentioned, there was some other like heaping piles of poo, um, but you could make money on some of those poo games, you know, Atlanta versus Carolina. The only reason why I took Atlanta is because Carolina beat them the first game in Atlanta. And I was like, mm, I don't know, you know, it's hard to beat an opponent twice in this in the same year i was like let's just take matt ryan and it worked out and then um as a fool as a complete fool i i took the giants getting the nine against the la uh chargers and i mean that game was just a total one-sided blowout you know the last three minutes notwithstanding <laughs> What's up with all these onside kicks being recovered? For the longest time, like, no one was recovering onside kick in the NFL. And then there was, like, about four in about, you know, 18 hours in real time. I know they changed the rule, so 
You know, they basically just like kick it, like the kicker just nubs it right in front of them. And probably that's why there's been so many like, onside kick recoveries in the last week or so. But for the longest time, it was like impossible to recover onside kick. And obviously, uh, that's a big reason why Baltimore covered. That's a, you know, big reason why we have to sweat a lot of other games out. And that's a big reason why the, the Chargers almost gagged the back door. Um, the Washington football team Dallas game, I was texting um, John and, Tom and some other guys behind the scenes, like, why is Washington plus six and a half it's too good to be true? And it was. I think uh, the devil came to pay, you know, ask Taylor Honeke for his money back and <laughs> pay his end of the bargain because – Wow, he, he, he was bad. I mean, for all the good thing he did, you know, hanging around against uh, Green Bay, hanging, well, beating uh, the Bucks, and um, they came back to haunt him against the Cowboys last week. And, yeah, I, I guess they were using some sort of emergency kicker, so they went for two, two times, and then when they actually tried the extra point, they missed it. I actually had changed the games on my uh, Sunday ticket display, and I, I, I switched it. I was like, there's no way they're going to come back, and they, they did. Uh, they didn't cover. But as you guys mentioned, it was a kind of a ho-hum game, uh, ho-hum bunch of games. The, uh, you know, the only excitement really was you know, the last couple minutes of the Raven-Brown game, you know, the last six minutes of the Tampa-Buffalo game, you know, the last couple minutes of the uh, Sunday night game with the Packers and the Bears had some spread implications. Uh, the Bengals-49ers game, the Bengals did everything wrong in that first half of the game. And it was like, this is why the Bengals are the Bengals. And yet, San Francisco really couldn't take advantage of it. And... And then in the last, you know, eight minutes of that game, Cincinnati comes back, but they couldn't really – they didn't win, obviously. They kicked the field goal in overtime, and then they let Jimmy G go down the field. And uh, that's a bad loss if you're Cincinnati. And they have another tough game against the Broncos. You have all these, like, 6-6, six 6-17, and 7-16, six, six and 17, seven to 16, the AFC going to be playing one another. And then – we were on the right side of the ledger with that Monday night game with uh, with McVay over um, Ryan Gosling. Great game out of Matt Stafford. Uh, Murray, Kyler Murray did not look good. I'm not like, you know, everyone's questioning the Cardinals now. I think that's a little knee-jerk reaction. I think it's all about, as, as, as you guys have always mentioned, you know, you have a lot more confidence in the Cardinals when they're an underdog than you do when they're giving points and the Rams were a very desperate team and they got another uh, you know I almost say it's a big game against Seattle Seattle's the other desperate team Seattle be desperate on Sunday against the Rams um, and that's yeah we're, we're getting close to uh, crunch time here in the NFL with the 17 games instead of 16 which is still taking time to get used to no it definitely is but uh and this is kind of something I did worry a little bit about with the expanded schedule. I wonder if you might have more of these like rough shot games. I don't know. Let's not spend any more time on this week. Let's get right to the picks. And um, with that in mind, 
We go to our leader for the season, and that would be John in Connecticut. And John, we're ready for your week. Week, what are we looking at here? Week 15. Wow. Where is the yep. season gone? We're going to be ready for your week 15 NFL picks. Yeah, where has the season gone? Um, another ugly card this week, I have to say. Uh, lots of big spreads, and then obviously there's just so much uncertainty with all these teams putting players on the COVID list and, you know, who that goes was going to be playing by Sunday with a lot of these games. So um, we'll just try our best here to, to get some picks. Um, I'm going to start off with the Steelers, Dave, and we're going to take them plus one and a half at home against the Titans. Um, obviously, you guys just documented it, how the NFC, I'm sorry, AFC North is completely up for grabs. Any one of these teams uh, could, could break through and win the division, really. Um, that was a pretty important loss for the Steelers in terms of um, the division because they have that tie which might hold them back here at the end but uh, they're just such an enigma of a team and that they could go down 29 to nothing or whatever it was and then still have a legit chance to win the game at the end because they just played so up and down um, but you always like taking Tomlin in an underdog spot um, I do think their defense is is pretty good uh, even though it really didn't show it on on Thursday night um, but I, I think their offense kind of put them in, in a bad position for a lot of that game. But uh, in general, I think their defense is pretty good. This Titans team is has really not played well offensively since Derrick Henry went down. He was basically their entire offense. Um, I know they won 20 to nothing against the Jags. But the Jags are just completely done. Um, and they, you know, they don't want to play for Urban Meyer anymore. So, I mean, they got what, four or five interceptions from Lawrence and they only won like it was just a whole hum, just twenty to nothing. They they should have won that game probably like forty five to nothing, and it was only twenty to nothing. So, um, you know, I, I just think that their offense hasn't really been clicking uh, on all cylinders, and I just think it's a good spot to back Tomlin here and the Steelers as a home underdog to get this win and, and keep their playoff chances alive. So, um, we'll, we will go with Pittsburgh getting the one and a half at home against Tennessee for game two I should be barred from this program forever for picking this game but give me the Texans <laughs> against the Jags how are the Jags favorites over anybody right now I don't care the Texans are terrible but at least they showed you some life you know in some of these games they played against Seattle pretty much you know for half it was pretty close I mean even up until the middle of the third quarter it was still kind of a game um, the, the, tech, the the Jaguars are they've with all this turmoil going on. They clearly don't want to play for Ben Meyer anymore. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has regressed since the beginning of the season. You know, if anything, the Texans if anything the Texans do well, uh, their pass defense is okay. So, it, honestly, this game might be like uh, remember the Bills Jaguars game last month that ended like nine six. I might bet a prop on this game. There will be no touchdowns scored because I could see this being the same thing, like nine to six. And, you know, given the team getting three and a half, we actually is kind of still trying over the team. Year. So Texans plus three and a half, Steelers plus one and a half, probably the ugliest picks I'll make all year. Uh, week 15, let's go. All right, John, good luck. And, and thanks for the picks. Yeah, ah, boy, I, that is, that is, I, I don't actually disagree with the uh, Houston pick actually. Cause it's like, you're right. Like, 
I was just reading reports about the what what Urban did with that kicking the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. What a mess. But uh, Andy, let's go to you for the week of fifteen NFL picks. Yeah. So before my picks, I'll be I'm betting against Jacksonville until it's not time to bet against Jacksonville anymore. <laughs> and uh, so, Dave, uh, Romo and Nance get your Steelers and Titans this week, and then next week, the day after Christmas, they're doing Steelers again because it's Steelers at Kansas City. So, oh yeah, Nance and Romo getting a double dip of the Steelers. Maybe that'll turn Tomlin's fortunes around. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, the whole country's gonna see the Steelers try to, you know, save their season. Backdoor the way to eight and a half. Wins. <laughs> and then the other, the other weird announcer thing is, uh, well, it's not weird. I'm sure someone like Fiddle could explain. But so the Saturday night games that are on NFL Network are being broadcast by Fox personalities like Joe Davis mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then Burkhart's doing the other game. And Olsen is with Burkhart, and I forget who was. Maybe Warner might be with Joe Davis. But it's Fox Personalities with uh, with the, on the NFL Network. That's very sure and on top of. But anyway, I like that stuff. Um, let's talk about the picks. Um, game number one, I'm going to take one of those Saturday games. I'm going to take the Pats getting two and a half on the Action Network against the Indianapolis Colts. Listen, I know the the... On one side of the ledger, yeah, the Pats are due for a clunker. On the other side of the ledger, they're just trending. They've always been trending, and they're fresh, um, fresh off that bye week. And they're going from one extreme playing condition with the wind and the cold and the, the swirling wind and the elements of Buffalo to the basically the sterile indoor confines of Indianapolis. I think Mac Jones will probably pass, uh, have more than three attempts this time. And I don't know. I just got to keep betting on the Pats until they, they lay an egg. I think uh, Belichick versus Frank Wright isn't really, it's not shoe versus ant, but, you know, I, Belichick's resume over Frank Wright's resume is a little, a little topsy-turvy. As we all know, I'm not a Carson Wentz guy. Obviously, Carson Wentz isn't really the the, the engine that, that propels the, the Colts. It's the running back. Uh, I think Belichick will find a way to kind of keep Taylor in check, per se, and maybe force Carson Wentz to do some of the stupid things he was doing in the, the beginning of the year. Remember, the, the Colts were their own worst enemy in the beginning of the year. I think at one point they were like 2-5 and five or something like that. So, you know, the, the, the tough stretch of game for the Pats, you know, between the uh, two games against the Bills, one that they already did, the t- this game against Indianapolis, and then they end the season with Jacksonville and Miami. But um, just the way everything's kind of sh- shaped up for the AFC, you know, the one seed is it within their grasp. So eye on the prize. Maybe Mac Jones airs it out a little bit more. Give me the Pats getting two and a half against Indianapolis, game number one. And game number two, I'm going to take the desperate Seahawks team. Why? I don't know. Because the Rams just might be overlooking the Seahawks after that big win against Arizona. The Seahawks are basically a carcass. They were three and eight. They pulled the game against San Francisco out of their fanny. And then they did what they had to do against Houston. 
to keep their season alive. They have no guarantee 9 and 8 is even going to get them in the postseason spot, but they can channel their little inner New York Mets, I believe. One, two, three, let's do this. They have feelings. They have pride. They have egos. They want to compete. Everyone's writing Pete and Russell off. This is the end of the era. Pete's going to go somewhere else. We might retire. Russell Wilson's going to go somewhere else. Russell Wilson's going to go to the Giants. Russell Wilson's going to go to the Broncos. Russell Wilson wants this. Who knows? But as we do know, they got four more games to play as the Seahawks. And they're getting four and a half. The Rams and the Seahawks usually plays tight games. The game in the this was the game in the early part of the year where Russell hurt his little big finger and Geno Smith almost gave them the back door, but that game was pretty close before Russell got hurt. So uh, you're getting four and a half. The game's in Los Angeles. Um, I think the Seahawks are just going to have to be pretty one-dimensional and, and throw the ball a lot. Uh, Rams might have... Um, I know Ramsey was out last week. I'm not sure what his status is for this week, but I don't know. I, I think if the Seahawks can force Stafford to do some careless things... And if they kind of overlook the Seahawks, because you know they're they're five and eight, um, I think the Seahawks could maybe surprise the Rams. I'm not saying they're going to win outright, but I think they can keep it within four points. 21-17, 24-21. You're going to win that bet. Give me the Seahawks plus four and a half. Love it, Andy. Hey, all you got to do with the Seahawks is look back to the game against the 49ers. Everybody loved the Niners. They're they're giving points, and you're like, ah, they're totally going to win. They got humiliated. So you I, told I mean, I, I, I took San Francisco on the show. I was like, Seahawks are dead. And now I'm I'm giving myself a little fung house. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Andy. Let's go to the rest of the picks, and they come from our friend uh, Ron in New Jersey who sends him via the text along with some Christmas greetings to all of us. Um, let's go and take a look at what he's got here on the program. All right, so Ron's picks to roll out the guest picks. Uh, oh, no, to round out the panel picks tonight. They are the following. Okay, so game, game number one for Ron, he's going to go... With the Cowboys giving ten and a half, I need to write write something here. Uh, giving ten and a half at the Giants, and if you saw the Giants on Sunday a week ago, or last week, let's say, there doesn't seem to be much of an argument against that. It appears that Glennon is going to start the game, which I think is unfortunate. They should probably go with Fromm at this point. I don't really see what they've got to lose. But uh, with that said, Cowboys minus ten and a half in this NFC East battle. Game number two, Ron is going to take Washington, getting seven at the Eagles. And uh, the, the, the the football team had a near comeback against Dallas. We talked about that earlier in the show. And they can be gritty and they can be gutty. We'll, we'll see if that holds up against the Eagles, who I think the panel is very down on. I don't think they're not. And right, rightfully so. I, I just think they, they're probably not that good. But they've had some wins anyway, just because they've just been scummy enough to hang around with some of these teams. So Cowboys minus ten and a half, and Washington plus seven for Rod in New Jersey. The picks for Week 15, and that brings us to my picks. And let's see what I got this week. And I've been, like I said, I've been having a pretty bad year. Um, I had been saying like that the NFL picks were going better, and then last week happened. It was rough. I think I ended up with two and two here, but I was. I was just fleeced everywhere else. 
because favorites just keep covering it. So I think things are going to happen here. So I'll give you my picks. Here we go. And, you know, John said he should be kicked out of the show for picking the Texans. I should be kicked out of the show, too, because I'm about to pick the Giants again. Why would I do this? I'm going head-to-head with Ron with Giants plus set 10.5. And I'll tell you why. Because, A, I think if they actually did decide that they would actually try running the ball, they might actually get somewhere with it because Saquon's pretty good. And, uh, number two... The, the Cowboys always get like three to four points too many points anyway. It's a division game. It might be cold. I didn't check the weather, but it's probably going to be bad weather. I'm going to give it a chance. The biggest reason I would take the Giants is because no one's going to give them a shot. It's stupid, but it, it probably makes sense in the context of an NFC East game. So no real argument here, but I'm going to be stupid and take the Giants anyway. I don't know. We'll see. Game number two, I feel a little better about. I'm going to take Washington plus seven. We will go checker on the checker with, with Ron's pick for his second game. And uh, we like them plus seven against the Eagles. So I broke that down already. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, it could be. It could be an interesting game. We'll see. I mean, Washington was able to muck their way to a win. I'm sorry. Check, check, I'm sorry. The Giants were able to muck their way to a cover against the Eagles last like a week and a half ago. I feel like the Washington football team can do the same thing. So we'll see. So... Giants plus 10.5, which, again, that's a stupid pick. Do not take that pick for real, guys. And then Washington plus 7, week 15. And I put the wrong thing. That's Why did I put... Oops. Okay. Ah, oh, boy. I would get funghouse to death on this. Well, anyway, that that's not... My name is not Brody. My name is Dave, just so you know. And by doing that, I've spoiled the guest picker. What? Ah, oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let's go to Brody's <laughs> So the guest picker this week, for those listening on the podcast at least, is is uh, Ron's son Brody. And he's got picks for us this weekend. I'm ready to get, share them with you guys. This is exciting. Okay. So um, here, they, here we go. So for Brody, Ron's little guy, he will select the Cowboys. No, no, check. He will select the Jets. Yes, the Jets getting yeah. 10 points. How about that? He's going to go with the Jets in this game against the Dolphins in Miami for game number one. And for game number two, I think Brody's been watching some football because he's siding with John. He's going to go checker on a checker with the Texans getting three and a half at the Jaguars for game number two. So for Brody, good luck, Brody. Jets plus 10 and Texans plus three and a half. Nicely done. All right, and I told Ron, like in the te- in the text, like I said, I thought that that Texans pick was bold, but the more you think about it, it's not really because as we were talking about, just massive turmoil in the Jaguars right now. I mean, the Jets is a little bold, but not necessarily because I don't necessarily think Miami's that good a team anyway. So that's not much going on. Let's go to the games from this week. And let me see if I can find it. Where are the featured games? Here we go. Okay, so featured games this week. Let me tell you about that. So we're looking at the Chiefs and Chargers to start it off. That's a good game. That's going to be fun. That's Thursday night at 8.20 on Fox or NFL Network. And then Andy was talking about this game. He has it in picks. Patriots-Colts. That will be a good game. I think that'll be fun. And that's Saturday game. A very interesting spot for both teams, really. What a great Saturday. Oh, yeah. That, in this. I am Ooh. I am down. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. We got all the bowls. 
that game. I don't know about the Cleveland game. I don't think that's going to get played, but <laughs> but we have the other one. So uh, we got so Sunday we rolls around, and then we got Titan Steelers. So uh, Nats and Romo, I've learned the error of my ways. I featured you on the screen. <laughs> so they get the uh, ten. Uh, I mean, the one o'clock Eastern slot on CBS. And yeah, this is do or die for the Steelers, so they need this game. Packers Ravens will be the doubleheader game. The America's probably the America's game of the week on Fox at four twenty-five Eastern time. I'm pretty sure that Buck and Aikman will be involved in that game too. And the Saints versus the Bucks. I know the Saints do not have. They don't. They're not. Necess- they really aren't a good team. But I still think this could be a very interesting game for Sunday night football at 820. I, don't don't sell the Saints short. I just think that something could happen. I'm assuming that Taysom Hill will start again, which could mean absolutely anything at this point. Um, so there you go. That's that's week 15. It's surprising. It's not as not great, but you do get five pretty interesting games on the board. And, John, I'm going to give it to you for your thoughts on this week's action yeah starting off with a good one on thursday night um should be a lot of points in that one between the chiefs and the chargers um herbert's just been fantastic really all year um you know continues to prove what the hell were they doing with him in oregon um but that's not you know not the point besides the point uh at this stage in the game and uh if they win this game they're going to be, I believe, first place in the division because they beat them earlier this year in Kansas City. So they would have the uh, double tiebreaker uh, over the Chiefs, and um, you know, and and being the driver's seat for the division. Uh, the spread's interesting. It's only the field goal. I saw it was minus four earlier in the week. I would have definitely been more so to jump at the Chargers getting the four points rather than the three as of right now, but. Um, it's hard not to go with the home underdog in this one. I know the Chiefs have kind of figured things out a little bit more so after their run there where it seemed like they were a little bit lost. But really, their two highest point-scoring games in the last month have been against the Raiders, who clearly have not uh, figured out a way to defend them. Other than that, I mean, Mahomes has played okay, but you know it's not their typical um, just amazing offense uh, other than against the against the Raiders. So... Yeah, I'm, I think the Chargers very, very much live here as a dog uh, on Thursday night. Um, and then you move on to Saturday. Yeah, who knows about the Browns game, if that'll even be played. The way the NFL works, like Goodell will force them to play it with, like, 20 practice squad players, and that's how how, it, how that'll work. But um, as someone with Nick Chubb on a fantasy team, like, yeah, let's let's play it and let's run him three times. He's, like, the only <laughs> guy left. So, well, yeah, let's, let's go with that. But – they really probably could still beat the Raiders with just like short passes and handing it off to Chubb because uh, the Raiders are just a mess right now. Um, yeah, that Thursday, that, I'm sorry, Saturday night, Patriots-Colts. I mean, that's going to be a good one. Uh, Patriots obviously coming off a bye, currently holding the number one spot in the conference, but it's going to be a tough game. I mean, Taylor has just been amazing. Uh, so they're first and foremost are going to have to stop the run so you know bill is going to design their defense to stop the run and then make wentz beat them um but you know as we talked about before wentz it's kind of the he's like the chuck and and hope kind of quarterback at this point they're just going to throw it down the field and, and try to get interference penalties um you know this the spread and kind of the sharp money is kind of going towards the Colts in this game so 
don't know. This is this is pretty tough. I, I would kind of maybe lean the Colts under a field goal. They ended up getting to like three. I don't think I'd play it, but I could see the Colts. This would just be like a last team, last uh, team with the ball wins. Um, I think the Colts defense should be able to handle the Patriots offense pretty well. Uh, I think the Colts are, defense is pretty underrated. So um, as long as Wentz doesn't do a lot of boneheaded plays, which he's certainly prone to do, we've seen it. But as long as he can take care of the ball, I think I think the Colts will. I think they. I I, I would take them. You know, minus the two and a half at the current number. Um, and then you move on to Sunday. Uh, we already talked about the Titans and Steelers game. Uh, yeah, the Packers Ravens very interesting game. Will Lamar Jackson play? At this point, I kind of think they're being just kind of coy about it and just making you know Green Bay have to prepare for multiple players, but. I mean, Huntley's a kind of a state. Obviously, I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson, but he kind of plays a similar kind of game. Um, so I think the Packers will, will probably be preparing similarly for both both quarterbacks. But obviously, Jackson's a far superior athlete and runner, which you have to account for. But problem is, if he has a high ankle injury, like how much is he going to be able to run? And that's really a huge part of their game. And if he can't do that and – you know, we know he kind of has been struggling with the pass lately. Uh, you know, it doesn't bode well for them. And, and their secondary is just completely decimated. So you would figure the Packers will just be able to take advantage of that with their passing game. So, you know, I, I don't like playing five and a half or six here, even with Tyler Huntley starting. Um, you know, Harbaugh's a good coach, and I could see Green Bay winning this like 27 to 23 or something cover um or it's like 27 to 17 late and the ravens get a touchdown so i i probably wouldn't take the packers in this one maybe it's part of a money line thing a parlay or something i could i could get behind that but i, I probably wouldn't take them with the spread here um and then you have the butts uh, saints and bucks on the screen um yeah i agree with you dave i think this could be competitive uh the saints defense has really played brady well in tampa and you know i don't see that changing in this matchup. I mean, obviously their their offense is not very efficient right now. I know they just put thirty on the Jets, but I mean, who doesn't? Um, <laughs> you know, Hill Hill is you know he's he's a he's not really a pro quarterback, which is not great for them. But uh, clearly uses his legs and Camara uh, back is huge because then you could just kind of play those read option plays and do a lot of stuff off of off of him being in there. So. I think that's a big part of that is having Kamara back. Um, you know, what's the spread like ten and a half? I probably would take the Saints at ten and a half for sure. That that just seems like a lot of points to me. Uh, especially if the Saints defense plays well, I could see that keeping within ten for sure. Um, I think what's the Monday night game? It's the Vikings and Bears. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, kind of ugly, but you know what? The Vikings always seem to end up in a close game, so. I would not be surprised if the Bears like kept that with the within the three points. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the rest of the schedule. Man, it's pretty brutal. Like yep. Dallas is giving ten, Miami's giving ten, Arizona's giving two touchdowns, Buffalo's giving ten, uh, San Francisco's giving eight to the Falcons. So yeah, some ugly games here. Uh, the late window is though is pretty good because you got that Cincinnati Denver game, which is like a pick'em game. Um, I would kind of lean Denver, I would guess, in that one. I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get from the Bengals week in and week out. Like, Sunday was the perfect example. Yeah. I mean, they were just 
horrific for three quarters. They had that muff punt before halftime, which completely changed the game. And then they they just uh, they came to life for the last two minutes to to tie the game. Um, I, I think Denver was. I think they were in, uh, you know inspired. Not say inspired, but uh, Demarius Thomas' tragic tragic death. I think that was a huge rallying uh, point for them on Sunday, and, and it could, honestly could be the rest of the season. I mean, you hate to use that kind of thing in terms of a motivational thing for handicapping a game, but it clearly had an impact. Like after every touchdown, they went over and put the ball down on his number, which they had put on the field. So uh, I'm not going to discount that here. And, uh, you know, and going forward, I would definitely kind of lean, I would lean Denver for sure in this one. And then, yeah, Andy mentioned Seattle, LA. So we got a pretty good late window. Three out of the four games should be pretty good. Um, I, I would agree. I think Seattle will probably keep that one close too. I mean, they always seem to play close games between the Seahawks and the Rams and um, I did say, I think the spread was like seven earlier in the week. I wish I'd gotten on that. It's like four and a half now. But oh, in any event, yeah, I know. we got to start betting early with these NFL games, especially at this time of year. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, the dogs could be barking this weekend. There's a lot of big spreads, and I hate laying big spreads in the NFL. So we'll, we'll see where we are or by Sunday, but interesting slate on paper. Well, I mean, I don't think I would be scared off by what happened in week 13 either, because in week 13, every fucking 10-point favorite covered, every, I think every fucking one did. And I'm sorry I'm using the F word here, but it's just because I was so annoyed by that, because I went on, I was heavy on underdogs on that week. I really think this is going to be the week where the underdogs rise, whether it's to cover or to win. I feel like this is going to be it. I, I just think weird things are going to happen. I would be absolutely shocked if Vegas were to lose money like that three weeks in a row. Well, let's say two weeks in a row. It would be very shocking. So I agree. Dogs could be barking. We'll find out. But meanwhile, let's go to the football pit foot to the college football side. And uh, well, last week's action is pretty basic. It was just Army Navy. Oh, can I just talk about a couple of those Sherman games that are on the NFL slate? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, first of all, about those spread. Yeah, because I, I know we've all been using action. So yeah, when you when you see the action line and the opening line, like especially with college basketball, I kind of look at it every day, and it's like you see some crazy swings, and so it's like. This team A opening line is minus three, and then right next to it, the current line is like plus two. Like Jesus Christ, what the (laughs) hell happened? But uh, I'll say uh, the thing of to piggyback on that Cincinnati Denver game. Like I'm a glutton for like pun. I don't know if it's a glutton for punishment, but like I can't wait to see how that game plays out because. As John says, you never know what you're going to get with the Bengals. You know, you got to get the Bengals that beat Pittsburgh 41 to whatever, and get the Bengals that are, uh, you know, struggling to move the ball against uh, the Jets or whatever. But with the Broncos, you know what you're going to get every time. You're going to get great defense, and you're going to get a team that has got the offense from hunger. Um, <laughs> but the game, the game's in Denver, so usually those games, you know, they're they're always they're always extra tough at home. So we'll see there. And then the other like sneaky game that I'm going to have to like, did I not go to you for next this week's action? I'm so sorry. I'm about keep going. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's all good. No, I don't, I wasn't John did everything like to a T like I, I don't really have anything to say about, okay. you know, some of those other games, but uh, the, 
the 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 forty nine er Falcon game actually has like playoff implications. The Falcons are like a sneaky six and seven team, and so like I don't know. Like I'm probably I can uh, just just like I should already sit, start tweeting anti Matt Ryan tweets now. Save him in the draft because I can already see myself taking the Falcons plus nine, and then watching them just lay an epic egg out in San Francisco because if you if you look at like the NFL graphics or whatever the NFC playoff picture I'm pretty sure they're going to have Atlanta Falcons quote unquote in the hunt at 6 and 7 so um, I heard it on a different podcast that the Falcons are like the best shitty team <laughs> and then the Saint, the Saints are the worst like decent team because they've been so decimated by mm-hmm. injuries and they're they're not fun to watch. The Falcons are sometimes fun to watch. They can also be awful to watch, as we all know, with Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah. But they're not as bad as we thought they'd be going yeah. into the year. True, true. Well, I think it was interesting. I think John might have made the comment, or maybe you did, that uh, their offense is worthless without Carterell Patterson, but with him in there, there is definitely choose yeah, with that. Have thought it. Like, he's the MVP of the league. Like, when allowed yeah. him, they can't score a point. And now, you know, he goes in there, and they're – I mean, Ryan's clearly not what he was, what, four years ago. Yeah. He won the MVP, but, I mean, he's still okay. Like, he's better than Cam Newton. I don't have no idea what the Panthers are doing. I and mean, that's just a – he is just he – can't, he can't hit the broad side of a barn at this point. <laughs> that's not good when you're playing quarterback. No. But it's interesting about the Falcons, if you – I don't know if you guys follow or are aware of, like, these – uh, statistical or like analytical things it's called dvoa it measures a lot of different stuff and the falcons are like almost dead last on offense and defense and yet they somehow have six wins it's like it's just bizarre they should be much worse than they are but hey they've cobbled the wins together and if they get an upset or two i mean they really could get the seven seed it's just it's a crazy crazy year very much so uh, and it and good for them. You know what? I, I would say good for them because I, I definitely felt like they could be, they could hang. I definitely felt they could hang. I, who, who, and I just to double check. Let me yeah, go back. And also, they're they're doing it without uh, Calvin Ridley. Oh, that's right. Good call, Andy. Good call. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hold back. We'll get our popcorn ready and we'll see what happens in that game coming up on Sunday. Should be interesting. Now, get that Red Zone channel up all day. It's probably going to see some juice, a witching hour, the whole thing. So it'll be really fun. So um, that'll do it for NFL. And uh, let's let's now move ahead into college football and the bull season. <laughs> yeah, let's go back and let's get to it. So um, we have the bulls coming up this weekend. And what we do on this program is we like to we like to talk about the Am I hearing the laundry sounds? I love this. Um, but um, we we talk about what's happening. We, we give our bulls that we like. There's And they used to set cap it at five, but we have like a lot of time tonight. So we could do as many as you want. And the bulls we don't like outside of the New Year's Six. And we'll talk about the New Year's Six in a separate like mini segment later in this program. But um, if you're wondering what the, mini, what the New Year's Six is, I have it for you here on screen if you're watching on YouTube. So for those of you watching in the YouTube simulcast, the featured games from the New Year's Six are as follows, and they look like this. So you've got our playoff games first, and you and that they're they're pretty good. I think Cincinnati, Bama. I know it's a it's. Uh, I think I saw fourteen and a half. I saw sixteen and a half somewhere. Bama's favored by a lot, but 
it could be a good game. I mean, we we wanted Cincinnati in this playoff all season. I'm glad they made it. And whether the circumstances are noble or not, it's a, it's irrelevant to me. I'm glad they're there. I think that's big. Orange Bowl, Georgia versus Michigan. I mean, we saw what Georgia didn't do against Bama in the SEC championship game. Michigan had a dominant effort. I don't know what to do with that one. We'll talk about that later. Holiday Bowl is not a CFP, a New Year's Six game, but I like it. It's US, UCLA versus NC State. Then you got the Rose and the Sugar. I did not put the Notre Dame-Oklahoma State game in there. I don't know. If that's an egregious error, please let me know. But that's going to be an ugly game. I can't even imagine what, what's going to happen. Um, I'll pass this note to all you guys before we do our bowl preview. And it's from Ron. And he says, please... Let me see if I got it here. He says... <laughs> he says... Um, just let everybody know that uh, that the, the the Kentucky wait what was it the, wait, let me double check if I can find it he says please just tell everybody that uh, where is it oh I I wouldn't watch the Iowa Kentucky Bowl if it was in my backyard so we'll be selecting those games too of course so um, John let me give it to you we'll start the bowl preview who which games do you like outside of the uh, playoff in New Year's six. And which games, shit, I mean, if you want to say that you wouldn't watch the Notre Dame game in your backyard, I'd be happy to hear that too. That doesn't matter. <laughs> and which games would you not want to watch in your backyard, John? We'll give you the floor now. Well, first off, I don't think we've been on since um, Brian Kelly gained a Cajun accent. <laughs> down, uh, <laughs> of course. Down in uh, That's right. Rouge. So happy to be here with my family. Let's go great day to be a tiger. What a fraud that guy is. Oh, my God. Just, uh, I, I never laughed so hard. That. Yeah, I could not believe it. But, man, that is going to be fun to follow. You know what? Good content. I would say that. Great content for, for all of us um, with him down in LSU. But I digress. Um, yeah. So, like I said, Dave, this year, even more excited to be back here with all these bowl games. I mean, just – they even added a couple new ones this year. So you have the um, the Fenway Bowl played at Fenway Park, and this like some of these matchups are just bizarre. Like SMU Virginia, it just it it just doesn't even feel like it should be a game. But um, and you know, like I said before, I don't even think either coach either team has a coach at this point. Like some of these matchups are just crazy for that reason alone. Because you have coaches leaving, you have players leaving, like starting quarterbacks or. or you know, entering the transfer portal, like you really need to read about every game before you do your picks, or else you're going to be completely just clueless. Or like you're going to you're going to pick a game and you're like, oh shit, like why isn't that guy playing? Um, <laughs> because you know you're you're not going to know what's going on. Um, all right, so some of the games here that are kind of ugly. Uh, yeah, the Pinstripe Bowl, Maryland, Virginia Tech. Like, no, sorry, I. I, I <laughs> There's two just middling teams that are just I – I have no interest in, in them. Obviously, we will be picking it, but uh, no interest in watching that one. Um, you know, Washington State, Miami in the Sun Bowl. I feel like they played this in the Sun Bowl a few years ago. I could be wrong about that. They did, like, and, the, and it snowed. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're right. That's why I remember it because they, they, they did play, and that was – the leech was still there, and um, – I forgot, I forgot who won, but I, I know it was just an awful game. So, yeah, that one's kind of it's kind of an ugly matchup. Um, let's see what else here. Yeah, some of these games early on, like you have the, the two group of five teams going against each other, and it's just 
on paper, it's not a great match. They're not like sexy matchups on paper. But you know what? These teams, they deserve to go to a bowl game, or else if there wasn't 40 something games, they wouldn't have a chance because it'd just be all these these power five teams. Um, a, couple, a couple here that are pretty are pretty ugly. Um, yeah, the game in Detroit, Western Michigan, Nevada, uh, especially now that Nevada's quarterback, Strong, is not playing. He's going to the NFL draft, so he's not playing. Uh, Norvell, their coach, left for Colorado State, so they have no coach, no starting quarterback. I think Western Michigan's probably a really good pick in that game. Uh, again, that line probably was like Nevada three or minus three or four. It's completely flipped. Um so you kind of had to get ahead of these things. Um, let's see here. Uh, Clemson, Iowa State, another game that doesn't I, – I, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of – I don't get the appeal with Matt Campbell and that whole team all year. And going up against, you know, Dabo and, and I don't know. That's, I'm just kind of sick of Clemson. That one, that game really doesn't do much for me. Um, same with uh, Wisconsin, Arizona State. Uh, that's that's actually in Vegas. So it, it's interesting. They kind of like switch the. We talked about it before. The the Kimmel L A Bowl was kind of like the old Vegas Bowl, right. the Mountain West, uh, Pac twelve matchup. So now the now Vegas got upgraded, or I guess a new bowl. No, I think I think the Kimmel Bowl is the new bowl, and then the Vegas Bowl got upgraded to a better. It's supposed to be a better matchup. I don't know about you know Wisconsin, Arizona State's a better matchup, but. Um, yeah, I agree. The Iowa-Kentucky game, that's an eyesore of a game. Um, so I, I said enough of the games that I don't like. Um, let's see here. Some games that are pretty good. I actually think that Pitt-Michigan State game will be pretty good uh, for the New Year's Six. And we – as long as – I think I, – we'll have to see if Kenny Pickett's going to play because that will be huge. If he doesn't play, then that's not going to – it's not going to work out well. But I think that could be a really high-scoring, fun game. Um I you don't think you don't think the pit OC leaving. For, I'm just being sarcastic, but Whipple, the UMass, he went to Nebraska, the OC. For yeah, pit. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's weird. Like I don't know how sometimes these these changes, like you see them, and you're like, oh my god, I have to go against this team. But sometimes in in some instances, it's really not a bad thing, I guess, um, for some of these guys to leave. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, any any bowl game with like service academies are always interesting to watch because you know they're going to show up. So like Missouri and Army, Air Force and Louisville. I can tell you right now, like Army and Air Force, those are two picks right there that you got to make. Um, some of the earlier games, uh, the Western Kentucky Appalachian State game is pretty interesting. That's this weekend because you have I think Bailey Zappi and all those guys are still playing, and App State has a really good defense. So that'll that'll be an interesting matchup. Um, UTSA and San Diego State, that's a pretty good matchup of, of group of five teams. Um, I know San Diego State was very disappointing in their conference championship game, but that's still a good matchup on paper. Um, uh, I'm just looking down the list here. Uh, the, the Sugar Bowl is like Baylor and Ole Miss. That, that should be a really good game, assuming everyone – again, I mean, the game is still three weeks away, but assuming all those teams play – uh, that should be pretty interesting. Um, just kind of rambling at this point. Uh, the I saw the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa sold out, which is crazy. But it's UCF in Florida, so like all those fans are right there. So that was a, um, you know, a great job by those bowl organizers getting those two teams together. Um, you know, not much travel for the fans, and then you know, there was the whole thing when UCF was undefeated that one year. It's like, oh well, we're not going to play Florida unless they give us a two for one deal or something. So. 
Um, that matchup will be that'll be pretty interesting. And then I think probably maybe the most interesting of the non uh, like big blazing bowl games, and then we'll turn it over to Andy, is uh, Leach going up against Texas Tech. Ooh. Uh, is, you know, yeah, Mississippi State, Texas Tech, and it's the Liberty Bowl. So you know he's going to want to beat them after what happened and how he was let go at uh, at Tech. So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting schedule of games, even though I said some of these were pretty bad. Like, of course, I'll end up have to bet, bet them all, and we'll have to get them in our full confidence pools. But, yeah, definitely some on paper much better than, than others. And obviously all the coaching – situations and transfer uh portals play a play a big role in the you know and and how how the game like appears in terms of like watchability at this point yeah and and that's going to be the toughest thing about about handicapping any of these games as you you said the same thing earlier and so you really have to just wait until the day of the game and then read up on who's playing and who's not playing it's surprising like how little something like that can make a difference but it makes a huge difference so i'm gonna have to remember to do that too because i'm like Where'd that guy go? Where'd the coach go? You know, you're going to forget about some of these programs. And uh, we'll see. So, Andy, it's it's now time to swing it to you. And let's get your bowl preview, the bowls you like and the bowls you would not watch in your backyard. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot of overlap with what's already been said. Like, you know what's crazy? We're not too far removed from where the only thing you really have to be mindful was with bowl season is – like head coaches leaving. And I remember like John was always on top of that. And I'd be just texting him be like, who, you know, who do you got in music city bowl? And he'd be like, well, you know, the Virginia, you know, Virginia tech coach just like retired or like the guy from Minnesota had like, you know, Jerry kills like stepped down for health reasons. So he's not, and that's all he really had to worry about. And now it's like, there's so mo- many moving parts. And then it started out with, you know, the star players opting to sit out because they don't want to hurt their draft chances. But now it's just – it's everything on times 10. Everything's on speed. Everything's on acid now. And it's just we really need to keep an eye on things. And it, it's so crazy now that even, you know, a game on paper – like Oklahoma State and Notre Dame should have been a good game. And it might still be. But – who knows? There's so much uncertainty. Um, in Baylor Ole Miss, I don't want to jinx it. That game should be good, but who knows? What if Corral's? Like, I'm going to sit out. I mean, and Baylor, you know, Baylor's kind of done it uh, with just, like, they don't do anything great. Baylor just kind of does a lot of things wet, like, pretty good. Um, LSU, Kansas State, Texas Bowl. That is a game that I probably wouldn't watch on my backyard, but since it's the last bowl game of the year, uh, besides obviously the what would the the final would be, I, I will probably still watch it. But um, you know, so John mentioned that Maryland Virginia Tech game. Yeah, like as as we always say every year, it's like I don't want to see. You know, power five poo versus power five poo, six and six versus seven and five. Like, why can't we just get a little creative and have, like, you could have Maryland play, you know, Georgia State or something, or, and then Virginia Tech play App State. But, you know, 
you know, Western Kentucky App State will be a good game. I, I'm still I'm down on Western Kentucky because of that game against UTSA, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Western Kentucky with a little bounce back appetite. I think they can bounce back. Uh, as I think all of us here are paying attention to that um, Western Kentucky UTSA game, and Western Kentucky actually made a game of it in the second half, but you know they they started off on the wrong foot. Um, there's really not too many like awful games this year to, to be fair. Um, you know, I, I like the Mac teams. So even this potato bowl between Wyoming and Kent state, I'm going to be into, um, now Miami, North Texas, that, that's a game. I, you know, I guess that depends on how big my backyard is. If I'm going to watch <laughs> it or not, um, you know, me- Memphis, Hawaii, like that'll be my Christmas Eve game. I mean, I don't know if you guys wa- read the new article about uh, Todd Graham. I, it was like a Urban Meyer's a piece of shit article light. Um, I think it was in the Athletic, but everyone in Hawaii is like Todd Graham is is mean. Todd Graham like is not nice to his players and. Uh, John probably read, I'm sure Ron already knows too, like the Hawaii starting quarterback transfer to San Jose State. You guys see that? Wow. How about yeah, that? yeah. That'll be a, definitely be a pick for uh, for the for the bowl confidence scenarios for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's a – I have a few like traditions. Like I always take the underdog in Army-Navy, and I always like to bet against Todd Graham in the bowl game. So we'll probably do that. And we – and moving forward, bet against Sonny Dykes in the bowl yeah, game. Yeah, some of our since... favorites are gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was still there at SMU. We, like, we were going to bet Virginia in that Fenway Bowl. But now SMU could be a good pick because – the Virginia coach is retiring. Uh, Mendenhall, I don't even know if he's coaching in that game. I'll have to look that up. Like, that's a – I mean, like you were talking about, some of the these games are just just crazy, like all the, the changing. I think the early signing day plays a huge role in that, to be honest with you. A hundred percent. Now um, – okay, Go ahead, Dave. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Well, I guess I wanted to comment on the early signing day. I'm actually very annoyed at it, to be honest with you. I guess I get the idea behind it, but it's just that it's ruined a lot of the sport in, in some ways because, like, why do we need to sign people that damn early anyway? What the hell is the point of that? Like, anyway, John, you would have a better feel for that than me. No, you're right because, like, they're firing coaches, like, in early November, and it just – you know they will got to get their staffs set up, so it's just creating all this, uh, these changes, and then they want to get the, the their some new players, and so the players are entering the transfer portal, affecting all this stuff. And it, it, again, like these games are exhibitions, but still, like you want to have at least you want to see like two teams match up at full strength that have played all year. You know, it's I'm not saying it's like cheapening the the game, but it's like you'd rather see a full strength. Um, just that example. You want to see a full strength SMU up, up against a full strength Virginia. It, it just kind of waters it it down for a lot of this stuff. That's just the only thing that's just kind of eh, about the about the bowl season at this point. But you know mm-hmm. what? Like I said, they're all ex- exhibitions, so we take it for what it is. We we, we bet them. We we watch them. We'll we'll have a good time with it. We're just. It's, it's just not the same as it was, say, like seven or eight years ago. No, no doubt, no doubt. But there's also more bulls than there were seven or eight years ago, too. It's just the nature of the beast, you know. So uh, yeah. well, we can roll with it. Yeah. Andy, are you? have you been so, watching this Laker game? This Laker game was bananas. 
This is no, I'm no NBA. No NBA. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. The Lakers just had an incredible comeback here. They forced overtime, and then Reeves of all people with a game-winning three-pointer with only point nine seconds left in Dallas. I mean, if you remember him from trying to remember, was it UCLA? I forget where he was from, but the kid with the shot to to win the game, and and they're all celebrating like they won the finals and everything. What an incredible moment! But uh, anyway, I'm just I digress. Uh, let's let's. I think that's a great preview. Oh, sorry, you were saying. I got a couple more games. A couple more games. Okay. So let's... some some of the poo games that I would add on to the team, the the games that John mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, check on a check with Iowa State, Clemson. Check on a check with Maryland, Virginia Tech. Uh, you you're gonna have to like, you're gonna have to inject some flavor in Purdue, Tennessee to get me wrapped up in that game. Even the Mayo Bowl, which I know gets a lot of no, you know, you had some. It used to be the Belk Bowl, so you had some crazy games with the Belk Bowl. Uh, but South Carolina, UNC doesn't really wet my whistle. Um, you should but, dump the mail on the coach this year. That's yeah, what I, would say. <laughs> I would say lots of money to see Mac Brown covered in bandits. <laughs> yeah. Now, another game that I wouldn't like, I'll, because it's uh, because of the quarterback that I like, he's kind of a chunky lefty, and John's bet on him a bunch of times this year. The East Carolina BC Military Bowl. I am... I, I mean, I want I should already get that bet in now. I, I want to take East Carolina getting three. Oh man, I love that game. And <laughs> and then uh, NC State UCLA, that could be like uh, whoever has the ball last wins in the Holiday Bowl. I think that game's got some some juice um, over in San Diego. And uh, as John mentioned, that Gasparilla Bowl is just uh, man to be like to be in the to be in the building for that with all those, you know, well, we have to be nice to everybody, but all those, you know, those types of Florida people. <laughs> like a whole stadium of them? Of just. Of just. Uh, what do you the want biggest to call poo? Them? Well, shall we just call them the yes. biggest poo? <laughs> they don't, they don't really see the world, but. Anyway. Yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, but it'll there, be there a, are a lot of words you can use. Game. I mean, because it's central. Central Florida, Gainesville, Orlando, Gainesville. I mean, pretty close. They don't have a lot, a lot of. I mean, maybe to them going to Tampa is like going to Paris, but uh, you get the idea. Yeah, I got you. Uh, comment in chat. I don't know if that's a valid comment or not, so we're just gonna put you on timeout for a little bit. But uh, it could be anyway. Uh, thank you for the recap, Andy. Uh, yeah, and and uh, it's it's very interesting. To see all these, I do like that. By the way, I do like that state game too, the Holiday Bowl. I'm gonna see if I get my. I don't know if I'd necessarily be in the building, but I would love to see it. Like, I, I think that's gonna where. Be a, I mean, where in San Diego is it? It's at Petco Park because they're transitioning between Qual. You know, Qualcomm's rate has been blown to bits, and they're building a new stadium for San Diego State on campus. Or no, no, not on campus. It'll be on the old side of Qualcomm. So while they do that, they're gonna be at Petco Park. At the state, at the baseball stadium for that game. Okay. Yeah, interesting spot. Um, good, good location too. It's right by the gas lamp, so that'll be that'll be a good spot for people. You and UC, you and UCH should go to that. Hey, there you go. I'll talk. I'll reach out. See if he's around. He should. Hopefully, he's around. If he's around, we could do it. Yeah, I like the call, Andy. Okay. So uh, that takes care of most of the bulls. Let's now focus on the New Year's Six. 
I, I, I think I did. You know, I mentioned earlier that I put the UCLA game in the featured games for the the featured bowls, and that's just how high I think of the game. So let's look at the CFP. Cincy, Bama. We talked about that. Bama with a one seed. Cincy with a four. Orange Bowl. So that was the Cotton Bowl. This is the Orange Bowl on um, on the thirty first. I don't like New Year's Eve as a day. I just don't like it. It just reduces the opportunity for people to watch it. That's I've just never been a fan of that. I think it just happens to be a Saturday this year, and that's why they're doing it. But they're they're killing themselves by doing that. I I just that's my opinion. But but these are great games. Like Georgia, Michigan will be the second game in the Orange Bowl, and then you've got the Rose Bowl, which is always a classic. Uh, this year's matchup, I don't know. Uh, you Ohio State versus Utah, it's anyone's guess because Ohio State might have a bunch of people opting out. And Utah, I mean, they won the Pac-12. I assume they're going to be playing well. I assume they're all going to play. We'll see. Sugar Bowl with Ole Miss and Baylor, I agree with John. That looks great. And um, if you're looking at New Year's Six, I kind of would be interested in your predictions on that. If you have it in picks, then don't worry about it, but... Who do you see winning, or how do you see these two semifinal games going, and how do you see the rest of the New Year's Six as well? I, there are two bowls I didn't put in here. Um, yeah, there are two bowls I didn't put in here from the New Year's Six, but hopefully you can get to those two. I do think the Peach Bowl might be okay. Penn State. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of them. Yeah, and then I mentioned Notre Dame, which I uh, just not, just not. Uh, I mean, look, I'll be rooting for Oklahoma State, but that's going to be an ugly game. So, New Year's Six, John, let's give it to you. Let me get your thoughts. Yeah, um, like I said, I'm I actually looking forward to the, uh, what is it, the Peach Bowl? Yeah, between Pitt and Michigan State. We've got to see, again, if Pickett plays. But mm-hmm. that should be a pretty competitive game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I remember in past years, like, it's the, the ACC, like, had that obligated spot. And, oh, my God, you get, like, a, you know, seven and five. It was, like, Virginia was seven and five a couple of years ago when they made the Orange Bowl. But – um, that should be a good game. Looking forward to that one. Uh, same with Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. I mean, you know, it seems like Notre Dame, like they they they're gonna rally around Marcus Freeman. Uh, you know, with the with the the Southern gentleman now gone. Um, you know, <laughs> you know all so you're right this game. That's interesting. Okay, okay. I do. All of his assistants stay. Like I'm interested to see how they respond. I think I did see that they're. Uh, Kyron Williams, I think, is not playing. I believe I could see that. Yeah. Um, but still, I think they're going to be motivated to play in this game. And, you know, Oklahoma State, I mean, they were so close to the college football playoff. Like, it could be a little bit of a letdown or a hangover in this game. I mean, I know their defense is excellent. And, um, you know, Gundy have them ready to play. Like, he usually is pretty well, uh, does pretty well in bowl games, if I remember. But, I like this matchup. I, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad that they those two teams got paired. Uh, same thing with the the uh, the Sugar Bowl as I mentioned before. Um, again, Andy mentioned it. If Corral plays, we'll have to see about that. But Baylor's coming off the huge win uh, in the Big 12 championship, and they've been they've been solid all year. Uh, and uh, you know we'll see their defense go up against that Ole Miss offense. So um, great matchup with that. And then, of course, the Rose Bowl. I mean, you know, Utah's first ever Rose Bowl. Um, I believe that's true. I mean, they could have made it as a non. I believe uh, that's correct. I believe that's what I remember, yeah, too. At least yeah. as far as they've been in the Pac 12. I mean, they could have made it like, you know, 50 years ago or 60 years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that's accurate. But in any event, you know, they're going to be motivated to be there. What's, you know, Ohio State, they should be because it's, it's still the Rose Bowl. It's still 
means something. It's prestigious, but how are they going to respond after that Michigan loss? Um, you know, where basically everything was on the line for them, and they finally get beat by their their arch rival who they dominated for long, and now here they are in the Rose Bowl instead of playing in the college football playoff. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Like, you know, you know, Utah is going to be motivated to show up and play in that game for sure. So. I would, I guess, I would kind of lean Utah with the points as of right now, um, but we'll, we'll see again in terms of who's playing and you know who's in and who's out by the time the game comes. And then the semifinals. I mean, I'm not going to make any picks, Dave, right now because I still have to think about it. But I, I don't see how you can not like both of the underdogs, at least with the spreads in this game, in these two games. I mean, Cincinnati, you know great for them and i think we're all happy that they finally made the playoff i just find it very disingenuous you know you see kirk herb street and all these other jackasses on twitter and on tv oh well, you, everyone can still you know, the glass ceiling has you know been broken everyone stopped complaining now like look at what it took for them to find like they had no other choice like if they put anybody else in other than cincinnati it would have been so corrupt and obvious that it would just been a complete joke and no one would have ever taken the, the playoff committee seriously. Not like they would have already, but it would have just been so corrupt at that point. They had to put Cincinnati in. If Oklahoma State had gotten that extra inch and won that game, Oklahoma State probably would have been in over them. So that that whole, you know, cry that I'm seeing from these media members is just a joke. But in any event, um, Cincinnati has one of the best secondaries in the country. Uh, Mechie is not playing for Alabama. So I think they're going to be able to have some success, at least containing Alabama's passing game. Um, you know, and we've seen Alabama's offensive line struggle. I know they had a great game against Georgia. But I think Cincinnati's defense is good enough to keep them in this game. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think two touchdowns is, is too much. And I, I think they can – I can think they can be competitive with Alabama for sure. And in the other game – I mean, Michigan has just been a force all season. And, um, you know, they can certainly run the ball. I know Georgia's defense is just amazing. And, you know, the stats bear that out. Um, you know, their schedule was not great. Like the real first great offense they played was – or good offense they played was Alabama. And they did kind of get exposed a little bit in that regard. Uh, Michigan can't throw the ball like Alabama can. They, Like I said, they more so rely on their running game and defense – but that's going to be that's going to play to their strengths in this game because Georgia's not like an elite offense. So again, I think this will two. We're going to get two really good semifinals, in my opinion. And um, I, at this at this juncture, I, I'm not going to say I would pick either of those two teams, Cincinnati and Michigan, to win outright. Um, but I do think we'll be competitive here with the spreads for the for the semifinals. Um, and I am disappointed that they're on New Year's Eve. Like you couldn't you couldn't adjust the schedule somehow to put them like on. I don't know, on Monday night, like, why are we playing the Texas Bowl on January 4th? Like, let's play one semifinal on January 3rd and one semifinal on January 4th. Like, play all the NFL games on Sunday. I know that it's different this year because of the week 18. Like, that's week 17, so there's a Monday night football game that week. Why not have the NFL play all their games on week 7 um, on Sunday and then do, like, one game, one semifinal Monday night one semifinal Tuesday night and then play like the following Tuesday or something. Like, I just don't understand why are we playing these games on New Year's Eve, but 
you know, I'm not the czar, the czar of football at the moment, so I, I can't make that decision. I'll say this too, with your when you when you when you're talking about how the media was reacting to Cincinnati's appearance, it doesn't sound like they really liked them in there based on that response, and that really disappoints me. And it's almost as if they'd rather not be bothered with the group of five being in the playoff, and that only motivates me more to see them compete in this game, and if potentially even take out Bama outright. Can I ask another question, John, since you're here? Wasn't Bama's offense kind of an issue earlier in the season? I'm a little curious as to how suddenly Bryce Young is like the 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 second coming of Christ or something like that lately with the Heisman win in the game. I mean, they were held to no points for three quarters against Auburn. That's just, that was just confusing to me. I Do you think that Bama's offense has arrived at this point? Have they found themselves? What do you think? Well, whatever they did before the Georgia game, I mean, I think Saban adjusted his offensive line, mm-hmm. which was a you know a good move because clearly, like Auburn had them beat. Like they have to be kicking themselves so much right. for not. I mean, their their offensive line couldn't do anything in that game. I mean, Auburn was just beating them off the block the entire game. And if the kid stays in bounds, the running back stays in bounds for Auburn. If Bama Bama loses, and they're probably not even in this in this position, so. I mean, obviously, a lot of this takes a lot of good fortune and, and luck to go your way with some stuff. But, I mean, the Bama offense has had its up and, ups and downs all year. Like, they couldn't really score against LSU. They couldn't score – again, they couldn't score against Auburn. But then, you know, he makes some adjustments, and then Young has an unbelievable game against Georgia, wins them the Heisman Trophy. They're just very inconsistent. They're certainly not like the offense we saw last year with Mac Jones and all those guys, Devontae Smith and um, those other receivers they had. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, struggle again. Um, or I wouldn't be surprised to see them. I, I don't think they're going to have the kind of game they had against Georgia. That's for sure. Um, I, I do not see that happening. Um, you know, I can see, you know, see them scoring like their usual kind of what they had been doing, like, you know, 24, 27 points, which is, um, you know, if I, I think Cincinnati would, would, would take Alabama scoring 24 points in that game. Um, you know, going forward. So they've just been inconsistent. But if they're if they have their offensive line issues fixed, uh I they'll they'll be tough to beat. But we'll see. It was just one game. So yeah. we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay. Very good. So Andy, let's get your look at the New Year Six as well. I mean and I, I would definitely be interested in your thoughts on Bama's offense because I know you followed them all year. Uh but let's get your thoughts on what's happening on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yeah, well I mean you guys you guys watched Alabama this year too. Um, uh, to piggyback on what was already said, like I, I probably take both underdogs in the semifinal games. Um, although probably I'll be such a homer by twelve thirty-one, I'll probably end up taking Alabama uh, first half live everything. But we'll see. I do think Cincinnati can definitely hang around they deserve the respect um what's weird is i think it was like greg mcelroy was talking with dog about um like they were previewing the conference championship weekend and then they talked about cincinnati and what he said like the way he said it was like huh but that does kind of make sense because he was like cincinnati like plays better like when they're actually playing teams that are like at their size, their at their speed, he's like, 
they don't cover. He's like they don't. They have trouble covering against teams like Navy and uh, you know the bottom feeders of the American Athletic Conference. He's like because they those teams just try to like do uh, gadget plays and you know keep keep the ball away from from them. He's like, but when they do play a team, you know, at their equilibrium, like then Cincinnati can actually like do the things that make Cincinnati Cincinnati. So if that's true, then, well, Alabama is like their true test, you know, and if you want to hang around then you're going to have to, you know, Fickle's going to have to design his best game plan ever. You're going to actually beat Alabama. Um, I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. I think they can definitely hang around and make it respectable. You know, it's not like um, any of these teams that are, Fave, you know, underdogs by you know ten to fourteen points usually they usually don't usually don't hang around that well. You know, George, you know, remember when Georgia played Hawaii all those years ago? But anyway, um, I think Cincinnati can you know if their defense can maybe frustrate Alabama a little bit. I don't know. Or the other side of the ledger is you know Bryce Young is just just kind of taking it to a higher level ever since uh you know early november or whatever um you know heisman winner and all that stuff but the menchie injury is you know would definitely worry you and obviously alabama's defense is not vintage and georgia wasn't able to take advantage of it because georgia's offense you know let's face it wasn't really that good they were able to conceal that because of how you know, quote unquote, dominant their defense was. And as we mentioned, like the Georgia quarterback never really had to do anything in the regular season because they were just protecting big leads. Um, but speaking of Georgia, I would definitely take Michigan in that game. I think Michigan and Funhouse me for thinking Iowa could keep it comfortably close in that Big Ten game. Whoa, were we wrong? Iowa looked like a pile of dog shit. But um, I think Michigan can keep it close. You know what's funny? We didn't really talk about because we haven't had a show in a while. And put the Alabama blinders aside, like, you can make a case that Michigan could have been, like, the one seed in the playoff. Yeah. Um, you know? Yep. Like, it's, it's worth the discussion. Mm-hmm. But – let the chips fall as they may, and Michigan can prove itself as a one seed by taking care of Georgia first step. Um, and I, I'm in, I'll be in all these games, obviously. Uh, we we kind of talked about Oak State, Notre Dame um, could be sneaky good, as John mentioned. Uh, I'll probably take Gundy. You know what's funny about that Utah Ohio State game? I can see Ohio State kind of channeling their inner Alabama when Alabama's not in the playoff and when Alabama plays a team like Michigan State or Utah in like a Sugar Bowl when they're not interested and those teams like Utah or Michigan State can kind of hang around and even beat them. I can kind of see that happening this year um, if, if Ohio State either shows up disinterested or shows up with a bunch of guys not playing Give me Utah. I Utah, and I, I'm not a big Winningham guy. I'm not a big Utah guy. But Cam Rising 
I like Cam Rising. That team totally changed when they benched uh, Brewer, and then Brewer, I think he like quit the next day. And then <laughs> wow. when when Cam Rising when, came in, right. um, they just turned into a totally different team. And then uh, Baylor, Ole Miss, yeah, that that can. There's a lot of uh, uncertainty right now with, you know, guys who may play or who may not play. But on paper and at full strength, I would uh, I would lean Ole Miss. That is a very interesting matchup because you're talking about the class with everybody healthy as, and and playing as you mentioned is the classic offense versus defense type game. That would be a very and who are they going to play? Like Baylor played that that true freshman right in the Big Twelve championship. So what they? Yeah, go... that guy was good. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think he, he's uh, I I forget who described him as like a, like a little, miniature Colt McCoy. But mm-hmm. throw that kid out there. I feel like the guy uh, Bohannon or whatever his name is is more of like a. You know, don't lose the game for us, kind yeah. of guy. Whereas uh, the sh- sh- Blake Blake Shapen guy, he's more of like a like a chuck it and sling it kind of guy. Right, right. Well, all in all, I'm looking forward to these bowls as well, and it's going to be really fun doing this contest and in the context of the bowl season because this year we finally can can bet more of the games, and the reason is because of the NFL's expanded season. So. We used to cut off the contest here at week 16, and this was it. So you had to do pick four bowls out of three or four weeks of football. This time, we can do we can do each week of, of games as its own set of picks. So we're going to start with week the first round of bowls. And basically the way that we will set them up is that as we go through each week, we'll just go Wednesday to Wednesday. So everything between this Wednesday and next Wednesday. So any game from, t- from uh, Friday up through through Tuesday will be on the board. Then Wednesday comes in, we'll we'll do the written picks of course on the website. And we'll do any game from Wednesday up through uh next went through next Tuesday. Um to, to to account for that, we might have some early kickoffs on a Wednesday. If you do want to do a game like that, just get that pick to me a little earlier and uh we'll try try to get them in as soon as you can, I guess basically is what I would be asking. But your deadline each time would be like midnight of Thursday. If that if that be that be fair, no, I mean the Tuesday before I should say, so midnight the Tuesday before, for each subsequent week will be our deadline to put in picks and we'll be good to go there. Um, so I'm ready to go. So we only have to pick games for the next week, and we have some good matchups to select. So let's go back to John. Let's see. Let's finish your season off with a bang, John. Let's see what you got for week number sixteen in the college football with those with those picks from the college football bowl season. All right, Dave. So just to confirm, so we're gonna have like six more picks, including these tonight. So it looks like there's like three, three Wednesday to Wednesdays here. Yes, yes. So I, and and yeah. I love. It's, okay. I I'm very excited about this. I can't wait to see how we'll do with like with more because two things are great about this. One, you get to do more games, but two, we don't have so much time to between them, which is gonna be really helpful. Like we won't have to, you know what I mean? Like we don't have to pick a game like three weeks in advance. So. You're right, because a lot of it could change between now and then, so that's oh, yeah. good. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad we made this change. So, all right, so yeah, so we'll start off here. Um, I'm actually going to go to the game on Monday, and this is the Myrtle Beach Bowl between Old Dominion and Tulsa. This is <laughs> this is going to be an interesting one. 
Um, probably one of the ones we said we wouldn't watch in our backyard. But hey, you know what? We're, we're going to make a pick here. I'm going to take ODU, getting nine and a half from Tulsa here. Um, this Old Dominion team, they're definitely going to be motivated to be in this game. They were one of the three teams, along with New Mexico State and UConn, that did not play last year in 2020 due to the whole COVID situation. Um, so this year, clearly they did not start off well because of of that fact that they hadn't played football for a whole year. They had a new coach and it just took a, a while to get things going. They started off the season one and six. They've since won five in a row to get into this bowl game. And I know they're gonna be motivated to, to play here. Um, they're going up against a Tulsa team that, listen, I mean, they clearly play in a little better conference, the AAC, but I do not think they're like a, a great team by any means. And I certainly do not think they should be giving nine and a half points. Their, their offense is not very good, and they're just not a team that wins by a large margin. Um, you know, their defense is, is solid. I will give them that. But I think Old Dominion's been playing very well, and I just look for them to keep this keep this role going. And uh, nine and a half is way too much. So give me Old Dominion plus nine and a half in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That is my first pick for this set of bowl games. And then my second pick, we will go the very next day to the Idaho Potato Bowl. And we will take Wyoming, laying the field goal against Kent State. Um, yeah, Kent State, I, I, I might be a little bitter here because of what I saw in the MAC title game, but could not have been a worse performance out of them. Their so-called like dynamic offense couldn't do anything for like the first you know, two and a half quarters of the game. They were just, uh, you know, penalties. They just couldn't move the ball, making all sorts of, of unforced errors. And, and their defense is just horrendous. Um, especially against the run, and that is not what you want going up against this Wyoming rushing attack. You know that's what they're going to do. They're just going to pound the ball the entire game, and uh, Kent State's undersized defensive front is not going to be able to, to hold up against this. Wyoming has one of the better pass defenses in the country. We saw what they did when they went up against Utah State. That was like their coup de grace performance of the year. Just absolutely steamrolled them. Utah State couldn't do anything in the air, and Wyoming destroyed them on the ground. And that's basically, Kent State is basically a little worse version of Utah State. So I think it's a great matchup for them. They're clearly going to be more, a little more comfortable in the elements playing here in, in Boise if there is elements uh, because they're going to be able to run the ball. Um, and I, I, it's a, now I don't believe there's any like opt-outs or uh, you know players missing or transfer situations or, or uh, you know, coaching changes. So I like this one. So we'll go Wyoming minus three. Uh, in the Potato Bowl, and we'll go Old Dominion plus nine and a half in the Myrtle Beach Bowl is our our bowl picks for this first first set of Bowl Mania. All right, so going for some deep cuts here, John. I appreciate you. Uh, good luck, my friend. Thanks for the picks. Let's get give it a look. Yeah, that, Tulsa can be kind of annoying too. So I, I I endorse your pick for sure. I do. All right, let's go to Andy's picks. And Andy, when we're ready, we're ready for your. Bowl picks for week 16 for this round of of the bowls. Let's do it. Yeah, um, I'll be quick with the picks here. I um, game number one, just to stick with tradition, we're gonna take Middle Tennessee State plus ten, uh, and that will be against Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl. And there's really no um, scientific 
analytical, substantial reason to take Middle Tennessee State in this game, other than the pure fact that they happen to score 50 against a very, 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 very good Monmouth team, as a matter of fact. (laughs) And... This is, uh, you know, Middle Tennessee State. They they barely became eligible for a bowl game with six wins. But if maybe uh, the three of us here and half of the Middle Tennessee campus and family and friends that actually watched their game against Florida Atlantic, Willie Taggart special, they had to come back from like maybe at least 14 points down to win outright and earn this bowl game. So, you know, they they care. I'm, I'm sure they want to they want to validate their you know their worthiness to make a bowl. You know, they were down two touchdowns to Florida Atlantic last game of the year. And, and it's not like Florida. I think Florida Atlantic also needed to win that game too to become bowl eligible. So it was like two, five, and six teams trying to earn their way to this bowl. And Middle, Middle Tennessee State did it. So kudos to them. I know Toledo, you know, is a, is a prolific offense, but they're not at their glass door building or glass bowl, whatever you want to call it. So I, you're getting 10. It's in the Bahamas. Um, it could be windy there, so that could kind of, you know, make it more of a challenge for Toledo to do the things that they're known to do. Give me Middle Tennessee State plus ten, family bet. The other game I'm taking is University of Texas El Paso, getting eleven and a half against Fresno State in the New Mexico Bowl. And the only reason why I'm taking UTEP is because, uh, like, like Jake Hayner was, like, in the portal. He was basically at Washington. Like, the University of Washington Twitter account was, like, Jake Hayner is, like, he's coming to Washington. He's following his coach. He's going to be a Husky. And then, then, like, Fresno State brought back Jeff Tedford. And Hayner is now, like, back at Fresno State. But I don't know if he's going to play. So, it's there's, there's just a lot of uncertainty with Fresno State. Whereas at UTEP, you know, you know what you're going to get with UTEP. And uh, their defense kind of sucks, to be honest with you. Um, but you're getting 11 and a half. And I'm just not sure with Fresno State uh, if they're if they're running back. He might be out because he, he, he's like an NFL prospect. And uh, so there's just a lot of uncertainty with Fresno State from a personnel standpoint. Uh, I, I feel more comfortable taking the uh, the minors of UTEP getting 11 and a half. So um, Tommy's not going to be watching this game. Like New Mexico Bowl is usually a game that you know you can probably skip, but not this program. We watch all 44 bowls. <laughs> I'm with it, Andy. I'm with it. Thanks for the picks and good luck, of course. And and I'll tell you what, I mean, the New Mexico Bowl might have some juice, certainly 
among us at least. And I'll tell you, I'll explain a little bit of that in a moment because it's time for my picks. Let's do it. So uh, here are the picks I've got for you all. And, and for this first round of bowls, we are going to start right here in Los Angeles. Right here. Right here. So uh, we're going to go with the LA Bowl pick. And a very interesting scenario here with uh, Oregon State and Utah State. And people are going to be on both sides of this one, I think, if you talk about a point spread. But I'm going to take the Pac-12 team. And if I'm looking at it correctly, I think they're giving seven. I'm going to double check that. Sorry, Dave. I don't know what's going on. Oh, what's up? The my phone was playing some ad. Sorry about that. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't hear it. It's all right. No worries. Um, so I think Oregon State is giving seven points against Utah State, and we're gonna take it. We're gonna we're gonna lay the points and go with the Pac-12 team. Not a whole lot to say about this. I, I think it could be a good game though. And Utah State played amazingly against San Diego State to win the Mountain West conference in their game and that was on the road no less so and so utah state's a little bit familiar with the area because they were in carson for that mountain west championship it was a technically a san diego state home game but uh here they're going to be facing a better athletic team i think i oregon suits had been plucky during various times of the year i don't necessarily think this is a good pick but i think i'm just taking the power five team over the group of five team and uh, time will tell whether that plays out or not. So that's game number one. Oregon State giving seven. Game number two. We're going head-to-head -head with Andy. And he made good, pretty good arguments with Utah uh, as far as why to take Utah versus Fresno State. There's some uncertainty about whether the running back will play. Uh, my thing is, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Utah getting the 11. And, I mean, um, Fresno State giving the 11 and a half. Fresno State giving the 11 and a half. And my argument is... Uh, my argument in favor of Fresno State is simply that UTEP hasn't beaten the team over 500 all season. Like, I think they've had a great year. I got to give them a lot of credit. It's a lot better than I expected them to be. Most times we expected them to win like one or two games. They had a great year. A really great year. They're going to be so motivated to play this game in the New Mexico Bowl. But the fact remains, I just don't think they've really played anyone that tough. So Fresno State's got a pretty good defense. We've seen it in various parts of the year. I think they're just going to shut them down. I just don't think UTEP's going to score enough. So Fresno State giving 11.5 to go with Oregon State, giving 7 for this first round of bull picks in the bull season. And that brings us to Ron and New Jersey's picks. I tell you, it's funny where we get our where we get our games from because I think he's got scratching that game too. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> All right. So he's got... <laughs> He's going to go head-to-head -head with me on the L.A. Bowl on Saturday. We cannot wait to get to these games. We're really, we're really chomping at the bit with this round. So he's going to go with Utah State getting seven. And I, I presented a good case for that. I, I think Utah State's pretty good. I mean, they won the they won their conference. I mean, you can't you can't can't argue that. They've, they've had a very good year. So Ron will go head-to-head -head with my pick. <laughs> Plus seven in game number one. Game number two for Ron. He is going to go UAB getting seven against BYU in the Independence Bowl. So for Ron in New Jersey, for this first week of Bulls, he will take Utah State getting seven and UAB getting seven as well in their respective Bulls. And that brings us to our good little friend, Ron's son, Brody. And I don't even know if he's that little at this point. I mean, time flies, you know. But uh, Brody's got these picks for us to close it out with this round of bowls. Here we go. 
Very exciting. Okay. So Brody for week well, week one of bowl season. He's gonna get the give he's gonna give us these picks. He's going to head to head with his father. He's gonna take BYU giving seven against UAB in that independence bowl. I've never before seen a father and son go head to head on the contest within the same week. This is quite interesting. May the best team cover and and or win. That's incredible. Game number two for Brody. He's going to take Louisiana giving five at, against Marshall in the New Orleans Bowl. Now, the reason for this is pretty obvious. They've had a great year. As far as whether um, the coach is going to be coaching that game, I, I completely forgot. But it's still a very good team, and they're playing basically at home. And the New Orleans Bowl is generally played in, in, New or- in, in New Orleans, as mentioned. And Louisiana is pretty close to there, if not in there. So, I mean, how can you not get take a chance on that? So, Brody's going to go BYU minus 7 and Louisiana minus 5. And again, the first pick is head-to-head with his own dad. <laughs> it's just, it's great. Good luck, my friends. That'll be really fun. So, um, that's it for this round of picks. And that's going to wrap it up for our, for our year on DitCal. We'll be back in January. But the contest continues on. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going with this contest and just watch for it at dickcow.com we'll keep doing picks every week every wednesday we'll have a new round and we'll keep going and when we come back we will continue to be doing the contest we'll have week 18 picks for you when we restart 2022 so uh let's go back to john and there's a lot to look forward to here it's really great um and i'll give it to you for final thoughts i do want to wish you a merry christmas too john like i i hope uh i hope it's a good good uh, holiday season for you I hope it's been a good holiday season for you. And I guess I'll just ask what kind of plans you have in the weeks ahead. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, same to you and everyone listening, watching. Um, yeah, no no real big plans. Just spending some time with family. Got some time off from work. So just going to enjoy the bull mania uh, from day to day, which is awesome just to be able to not have to go to work. And then you throw on ESPN for like three bowl games. It's just that's just a beautiful feeling. So, um, but yeah. Great time of year. I uh, hope everyone enjoys the holiday season. And um, it's crazy that when we come back, uh, it'll be week 18 of the NFL and we'll have all the playoff situations to be decided and to talk about. And we'll be able to preview the national championship game too. So that'll be a good show. And obviously good luck to everyone's picks in the next few weeks as we will be submitting them uh, uh, to be posted on, on the website. So I'm glad that the contest is continuing as well. So. Uh, great stuff as always, Dave. And yeah, we'll look forward to reconvening uh, in a couple of weeks. And I hope everyone has a good holiday season. Yeah, thank you very much, John. I appreciate you very much for that. And Andy, I, I reflect that back to you as well. Hope your Hanukkah went well. Hope your holiday season's going well as well. And uh, and I and I know that normally you come out west for I mean come out west come down to California for uh for this time of year. So. Uh, you know, let us know if you if you have any specific plans for uh, for the next couple of weeks, and uh, final thoughts as we wrap up the year here on Dical. Oh, that must be. Oh, you know what? I think Andy just popped back. I think what's going on. I think this is Andy. So Andy actually. No, I'm just... <laughs> Can you hear me? Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, so my my computer is slow as molasses, but uh, okay, I was like, but was there like an AJ in the queue? There was. Was that you? All right. 
Yeah, it is me, but I'll you can close it. It works now. Next okay. time we can use but um sorry for your technical difficulties on my end. But um yeah, Merry Christmas. I uh I will not be going to Palm Springs this year. I am uh, I'll be actually I'm going to uh Turks and Caicos this Whoa! year. Um It's cool. Yeah, never been. So usually usually I do uh, hang out with my mom for Thanksgiving and Christmas and uh, visit my dad in between but this year uh, my dad was like let's go somewhere for Christmas and so I was like okay my mom can you know it's family there'll be more Christmases and uh, you know it's you know when you have divorced parents you kind of have to juggle you can't be two places at once you can only be at one place at one time so mm-hmm. we do what we can do um but yeah, Merry Christmas! I can't believe this uh, podcast. I mean, we'll reconvene after the holiday, but I mean, it, we say it every year. It goes by so fast, and I will I will leave you all with this. Uh, Hawaii, they're going to a bowl. Three of their six wins have been against New Mexico State twice and Portland State. God bless bowl season. <laughs> That's a good one to end on. Andy, yeah, definitely. Thank you very much for the kind words. And you know, Merry Christmas to your family as well. All the best. Let's take care, everybody. Enjoy, and good luck on your picks. I, I'm looking forward to doing this every week. This will be really fun. So um hope it's a wonderful time in Turks and Caicos, Andy. That just sounds like a great time, just in general. Let's, what a place to be. We're all going to be shivering, and you're going to be out there soaking up the waves and, and, and laying on the sand. doesn't sound better than that. I gotta get this computer healthy again because I'm bringing it down to uh, yeah to stream stream the bowl games. At night, so. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Good stuff. Hope that works out too. Yeah. All right. Well, all the best, fellas. We'll be back in January. In that case, take care, everybody, and good luck. Good all luck, right, everyone. See you guys. Luck. Happy, take care, happy fellas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All the stuff. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, that's it for 2021. How about that? Just like that, it ends. You know, we came in here. We're going through the pandemic. We come out of here. We're still going through the pandemic, but maybe things are moving a little bit better. And uh, with the world of sports, um, we certainly have a little bit of a return to normalcy. Certainly a lot more than we did at this time a year ago. And for that, I can be grateful. And I can be grateful for all of our good friends that we've had over the years. And uh, now this wraps up. Wow. So this is going to be... Our 13th season wrapping up, I think, and we will enter our 14th season, which is just bananas to me. Like, uh, but we'll, we, we, we really love it. And I hope we can keep doing it as long as we can do it. So thanks everybody for your continued support. If you miss any of our shows, you can catch them over on YouTube and uh, just go to youtube.com slash ditcow. And same scenario if you want to listen to the podcast episodes and go back in time and check out what we've been doing over the years. Ditcow.com for that or your or your podcast player of choice. Certainly Apple Podcasts is one I recommend. Look for Dave in the City Out West. And that's it for this this year. Take care, everybody. And uh, we hope that or we've given you good advice for the picks this year. Good luck, everyone. I do hope you enjoy your Christmas season as well. I The holidays have been great. Every single, you know, for a lot of reasons. And we're hoping for more of the same. And certainly, we hope that you're safe and you're doing all right, wherever you may be. Uh, Once again, I'm Dave Medina. Have a wonderful rest of your year. And we'll see you next time.